0: My name is Leslie Payne. Welcome to Below the Median Income. The land on which we gather is the traditional lands of Iowa Tribe of Kansas and Nebraska, Iowa Tribe of Oklahoma, Meskwaki Nation, Sac and Fox Tribe of the Mississippi in Iowa, and the Sioux People. We pay our respect to elders, both past and present. Below the median income was inspired by two quotes. You are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. From entrepreneur, author, and motivational speaker Jim Rohn. And on March twelfth, two 2018, Director Joshua V. Barr of the Des Moines Civil and Human Rights Commission said,
1: We have 75% of students experiencing some form of poverty in Des Moines public schools. So what can we do to improve that outlook? Research has shown that if a person remains in an impoverished condition up through their adolescent years, they are more likely to remain in that position as they become older and become adults.
0: These quotes and the information related to them evolved into an art installation, visual, and audio components to place the visitor outside the space they routinely travel. The audio components are interview recordings obtained from people involved with public or nonprofit organizations. The interviews tell the visitor about where that person routinely travels. The installation contrasts Des Moines ranking as a best-in-nation place to live, Iowa Knife's reputation of being overly friendly and go out of our way to help fellow citizens, and the visitor's personal story. My guest for day four is Q. I met her for the first time on August 21st, 2018 at Dress for Success Des Moines. I was there to job shadow the personal shopper volunteers. The Iowa Center of Economic Success had referred Q as a client to get a suit for a presentation she had to give. She shared some information about her situation and I thought she'd be the perfect person to ask to be a part of the project. I didn't ask her at that time because it was not the main reason for being there and had not figured out how I was going to explain this to someone to even ask. Luckily, Q and I both attended a First Friday event hosted by the Iowa Center for Economic Success on September 7th, 2018. They passed a microphone around at the beginning and everyone said their name and something about why they were interested in being at the event. Q happened to be sitting behind me and I asked for her contact information before leaving. I wanted to have credit for being the first person to do a recording, even if she was fourth in the order due to scheduling. Q completed the Dream Builder course at Iowa Center for Economic Success. The series of workshops help attendees determine where they are on the journey to self-employment and where they need support and development. In addition, Q is a member of the Professional Women's Group, also known as PWG. The group provides practical information and inspiration to achieve self-defined success in career and in life. It is a program offered to clients of the nonprofit organization Dress for Success Des Moines. Q and I recorded this outside South Union Elementary School in Des Moines, so you hear sounds of the area in the background.
2: What neighborhood do you live in? I don't know the <laughs> one. I try to remember. I don't know. What school do your kids go to? East and here. So okay. Okay.
0: Who do you live with?
2: And I'm with myself and my two boys.
0: Are you their primary financial support? Yes. Finish the sentence. When I step outside the place I live, I see...
2: Leaves in the grass. Bare limbs from the leaves falling. And I see my car and houses surrounded by me with a house with a fence yard with a soil scent and plants. How do you get from place to place? I drive from place to place. Do you share a car? Yes. With who? With my mother in law. How's that? It is very time consuming <laughs> and very hectic at
0: times. How does Des Moines compare to other places you've been? Des Moines? <laughs>
2: It's very slow to me because I was born and raised in New York, so I'm used to the fast-paced life and everything's fast and always going, nothing stops.
0: Nothing closes. There's yeah,
2: nothing stuff. closes. It's always going, including the buses and the taxi cabs and the trains and stuff. How did you end up in Des Moines? I ended up in Des Moines by my mother off taking care of coming out to Des Moines for years. In regards to like my you know, father like, like, like a sure. What church do you go to? Beatle like Christian Fellowship Church. What do you like about it there? I like that it's a multitude of different um ethnicities. Come as you are, it's like you're free spirited, it's it's vibrant in there. Everybody accepts you for who you are. So I like them and it's not a denomination. Do you vote in elections? Yes. Which ones? The most recent one is in the midterm. Prior to that was in 2016. Describe a typical weekday in May. A typical day in May would be bright, sunny, and vibrant like myself, with beautiful colors, with flowers blooming of all different colors and noise. From the traffic and people moving around, getting to and from work, or just living their daily lifestyle. You said going to and from work. What happened in June? In June, I became laid off. And what did you decide to do after that? I decided to open my own business. (laughs) Do you want to say the name of it? It is called Electric Designs Beauty Bar. Are you working out of your home now for your business? I'm currently working out of my home until I'm able to find a location that is uh, affordable for a new business (laughs) owner. Yes, that's a conflicting thing. Mm -hmm.
0: You completed the Dream Builder course by Iowa Center for Economic Success. What did they help you with?
2: They helped me by providing me the opportunity to come to an eight week course. To give me resources and tools to be able to make my business successful, um, as well as introduce me to other networking um, members and chambers and organizations that can also help me as well in my business. What do you do on weekends? On the weekends, I do hair because that's what my new business consists of, or I spend time with my family and my two boys.
0: What do you do in your free time?
2: In my free time, I lounge around a little bit or I go and visit my aunt or some family or just relax. Just have some tea during the day, at night have some wine. (laughs) Good plan. I like traveling. Yeah. I like traveling, seeing different things and different people and trying different foods and just embracing nature and people in the nature.
0: Oh, (laughs) good. What trait do you admire most in the people closest to you?
2: I would say the most trait I admire about the people close to me is being loving and nurturing. What
0: motivates you?
2: What motivates me uh, would be my sons. They, they motivate me to be the best that I can be and beyond sometimes. <laughs> kind of. They give me that extra oomph and strength to keep pushing um, because I don't want them to see me as a failure or someone who didn't succeed or had a challenge and allow that challenge to defeat them.
0: Mm-hmm. You attended the professional women's group also known as PWG, it is a program offered to clients of the nonprofit organization Dress for Success Des Moines. What do you like about PWG? What I like
2: about the professional women's group is getting all the ladies together and just having that no cares, no worries, no mom titles, you're just you and you're embracing and kind of like loving each other and getting to know each other too a little bit more and just that good, wholesome vibe of not having to be that mom figure at that point in time, just being yourself, letting your hair really down and just really enjoying that time because it doesn't come off take it and run with (laughs)
0: My guest for Day 20 is the Executive Director of One Iowa, Daniel Hoffman-Zinnel. One Iowa advances, empowers, and improves the lives of LGBTQ Iowans statewide. Thank you for joining me, Daniel. What pronouns do you use?
3: Thank you for having me. I use he, and his pronouns.
0: I use she, her, hers. Yes. What suburb of Des Moines do you live in?
3: I live in Bondurant.
0: Who do you live with?
3: My husband, Charles, and our three dogs, Chloe, Dylan, and Wyatt.
0: (laughs) Finish the sentence. When I step outside the place I live, I see- Water. When I step outside the place I live, I hear- Birds. Where did you grow up?
3: I grew up on a farm outside of a very tiny town in Northwest Iowa called Pomeroy. About 650 people in Calhoun County. The entire county has one stoplight in the entire county. So a very rural place, very conservative. I'm the youngest of four kids. My dad and brother still farm on our family farm. And I was very fortunate in that my grandparents' house was across the road out in the country. So I saw my grandparents on my dad's side every single day of my life growing up, which I'm very fortunate to have. We came to Des Moines many times growing up. Des Moines was the place we would come. We were closer to Des Moines than Omaha or Minneapolis. And so Des Moines was the big city that we would come to. Palmer Palmer is known for basketball. So I remember every year we would make it to state in basketball. As kids, that was always a fun time to go to Veterans Memorial Auditorium to state basketball. And I think Vet Vets Auditorium and state basketball was like my first impression of this really exciting time for our town because... People from our town showed up. A huge percentage of people from our town would come and watch.
0: How did you end up living in Des Moines?
3: I came to Des Moines to actually perform at Adventureland, of all places. So I got a job to sing and dance on the Soden Sound stage at Adventureland in the summer of 2006. If you've been to Adventureland, it's the stage that comes up from out of the ground. So I was one of those people, and it was... The best summer job ever. It should have been a reality show because we all lived together in a home owned by Land <laughs> and then worked together. We did eight shows a day. There were six of us performers. Every sixth day, we had a day off. But I set the world record of days in a row worked, and I think it was twenty-seven days in a row that I worked. I performed close to a thousand times that summer, and I think that helped contribute to my ability to be in front of people without necessarily being nervous
0: why have you stayed?
3: I love Iowa. I feel like my childhood taught me a lot. It created a very strong work ethic in me that I'm very grateful for. I don't ever want to go back and do manual labor like I did in my childhood, Mm -hmm. but I think that experience taught me a lot. I loved our animals. We had sheep, cattle, pigs. Horses, donkey, geese, goats, like every single animal you could think of. And I just really value that experience of being around animals. That is one of the reasons why I love Iowa. The agricultural aspect of Iowa is something that I think is really endearing to Iowa. But I think Des Moines has made significant changes over the past few years to add to the quality of life that I really care about. So arts, culture, music, theater, all those things are things that I care about. We have the best bike trails, I think, in the country and there are things to do along the way and really nice sceneries. Within Des Moines, if you put yourself out there as a leader, you can really see tangible things that you're making an impact in. And so that's one of the reasons why I think we have such great success in advancing movements is we can see those tangible things happen because we're not too big, where we're a huge pond and little fish. And I think our leaders are so accessible, which is really nice. Fortunately, there are many things that we need to work on. The One Economy is a huge thing that shows a a glaring area of disparity within our community and really focusing on racial equity. Even in the work that One Iowa does, there's really important things that need to be done in order to improve the lives of LGBTQ folks, and especially our transgender and non-binary community members.
0: Do you follow a religious practice or attend a place of worship? Kind of.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: um,
0: which one, how does it play a role in your
3: life? Um, that's a complex thing that I haven't, hasn't been a priority right now in my life, but it's played a role in who I am today. I grew up in the ELCA Lutheran Church and was an active member as a child. We went to church every Sunday. I was part of Sunday school and confirmed through the church and definitely value that experience. I think churches play a huge role in community building. It allows for people to have connection with each other. Especially in small-town Iowa, I think the church plays a huge role whenever something bad happens to somebody. The church is a mechanism for the community to step in and lend a hand or provide food, whatever that sort of thing. It definitely shaped who I am today, and I think it's something that I'm continually thinking about. I am now a member of the Irwindale UCC, United Church of Christ. That's where Charles and I got married. Right now, my career is my focus. And so I don't have a lot of time to really devote to going to church, but I definitely believe in a higher power. And I think things are connected. I think we're all connected and things happen for a reason. I want to believe that there's a reason for the way things happen. So that's kind of what drives me. I was just talking about this with somebody else, but I credit our pastor when I was growing up because in confirmation a lot of our conversations he really encouraged us to challenge things like if things didn't make sense to challenge them and, and that I think sparked a lot more conversation about what the Bible really says and how it impacts people's lives. I give him a lot of credit for kind of instituting that mechanism for us to develop more critical thinking skills and not just take the Bible for face value of the words that we see and hear.
0: How has volunteering your time made an impact on your life?
3: One of my personal values is joy. I have five personal values, and joy is one of those five. Without joy, there would be an empty spot in my life. If I don't have a belly laugh every single day, there's something wrong. So I try to experience some sort of joy, whether that's a belly laugh or just service to others. In general, the research shows it contributes to people's overall quality of life. And so if we can get more people to engage in their community, volunteer, give back. I think that will improve our overall health and well-being. Personally, I was a 10-year 4-H'er, and that was probably one of the first groups that I was involved in that really focused on community service. So we did a lot of volunteering as a 4-H group and would do in a variety of things. I think that just instituted the importance of volunteering. Now I get to be selective and where I devote my limited time. As an individual who's running a nonprofit, I do have limited time, but I still want to do things that I am passionate about. These are things that allow me to be creative and allow me to get that outlet because I think of myself as a creative person, even though I'm not technically like an artist, but I don't think you necessarily have to be a technical artist to be a creative person.
0: You mentioned joy as one of your five personal values. What are the other four?
3: That's the one I think about the most. What are the other four? Authenticity, diplomacy, thoughtfulness, and innovation.
0: What motivates you?
3: A lot of things. I think internalized homophobia is still a motivator for me to continue to overcompensate and be the best I can, which is something i probably need to talk to my therapist about more the trailblazers the pioneers the people whose shoulders we all stand on as to why we have the legal rights and protections we do today and why we're able to see how much advancement we have within the movement those are people who continue to motivate me whether that's the transgender woman of color who have the courage to fight back Stonewall 50 years ago this summer, like Marsha P. Johnson and Sylvia Rivera, to our Iowa trailblazers like Sharon Molero, so many others who had the courage to come out in the 60s, 70s, 80s, to Robert Eichelberry, who opened up Iowa's first gay bar, The Blazing Saddle. I want to continue their legacy, and they continue to motivate me because I don't want to let them down. They built this movement. One other thing that really motivates me is our youth. They inspire me a lot, and they motivate me to want to create a world that is better for them than it was for me when I was their age.
2: Do you vote in elections? Yes.
0: Local, national, which ones? All. Why is it important to you?
3: I think our local elections are just as important as any other election. And unfortunately, they oftentimes get overlooked. There are decisions made each and every day that impact all of us, whether we realize it or not, whether it's on the school board, city council or planning and zoning. These are things that impact our communities. They impact the lives of our community members. Voting is so important so that we have more representation of our constituency. We at One Iowa believe in more representation of LGBTQ people, especially in these positions of power. Unfortunately, we have a very low representation. 0.1% of all elected officials are out LGBTQ people. So without that representation, we lack a voice. So there has been a lot of research done to show when you have an out LGBTQ person in public office, that alone influences positive LGBTQ inclusive policies. So elections impact our lives. They sometimes save lives. I can't stress enough the importance of our local elections because those are also the pipeline to developing potential candidates that run for higher office as well. If we can create that pipeline of good folks who are a good representation of our community. I think that's all in all a good thing for our community.
0: What do you do for yourself? Mm, A lot of things. things.
3: (laughs) One of the big things I do is I go down the YouTube rabbit hole. So I am a sucker for those very emotional auditions on like, I love all things British. So like Britain's Got Talent or X Factor UK, like those types of shows that have those really emotional auditions. Like I'm a sucker for them. And that's (laughs) what gives me a lot of joy. But I also love Real Housewives are just, a great thing for me to watch because I don't have to think and it's entertaining. But other things like exercise is so critical to contributing to my overall health. Being healthy is a really important piece to allowing me to do the things that I love to do. And if I'm not healthy, then I can't do those things. Exercising, whether that's biking, kayaking, running, uh, lifting weights, those are really critical. And this is very privileged of me, but going to a, a spa, In lieu of vacations, Charles and I would go and get pedicures or get facials, those sorts of things.
0: When is the last time you asked for help?
3: Hmm, this morning. (laughs) (laughs) I am not shy about asking for help. I wasn't always one that could do that because I think of asking, well, maybe deeper than you had anticipated Mm -hmm, for this question, but I think internalized homophobia played a huge role in me desiring the need to be perfect because I was overcompensating for my internal battles that I was going through. In order to devote my energy to something positive, rather than think about my sexual orientation, I would try to be the best at everything I did, whether that was sports, in school, music... 4 H and FFA showing animals, I thought I had to be the best. That really contributed to me wanting to do things so perfectly that I couldn't ask for help or felt like I couldn't ask for help. With the culture we've created here at our organization, I feel like values just a different way of looking at things and encourages us to really combat us all thinking the same way. That has allowed me to be able to ask for help when needed, and really trust our team to do the things that they need to do because we're growing very rapidly, which is really exciting. We have people who are very talented, who are very capable, and that allows me to trust them even more to do the things that they all can do.
0: What does success look like for you?
3: I think one of the biggest things that has been the blueprint of our organization is changing people's hearts and minds. It started by trying to change people's hearts and minds to support of marriage equality and that where we need to change the most hearts and minds is to recognize that transgender people exist, that they are human beings, that they deserve the same dignity and respect as any other person. And they are important community members. They're our neighbors. They're in all parts of our state And I think that's a kind of tangible short-term goal, hopefully it's a short-term goal, that we really need to devote our resources and leverage our privilege and power for good by connecting the broader community with the transgender community. Personally, success looks like using my privilege and power for good, whether that's influencing the people in my network that I can influence to take action or to think about their biases differently or just to think about the world differently and ignite action. I think that's what success looks like for me personally, too.
0: Describe a day in your life as Executive Director of One Iowa.
3: My... Week is different depending on the the week. A lot of meetings. So I do a lot of coffee meetings, meeting with other leaders, other organizations, other community members to strategically talk about how we can partner together or how we can support the work they do or how they can support the work that one Iowa does. A lot of my time is spent just meeting with people, which I love. I love connecting with others and developing relationships with people and finding reciprocal relationship where each party gets something out of that relationship. a lot of media. I do a lot of, of talking with radio, television, newspapers, digital, media that's some of my time, fundraising and events. We do a lot of events so when I was there's usually an event we're working on that week the week of or just trying to do, do promotions on that and planning the specific details
2: for the event.
0: One Iowa offers presentations, workshops, and trainings to groups and organizations around Iowa. The first time we were in the same space was at the Des Moines Art Center in August 2018. We partnered with Assistant Curator Jared Ledzima for an evening of LGBTQ awareness building, advocacy, and exploring queer themes within the Art Center's collection. Your introduction included an exercise with questions about ordering a drink, Can you share more about that?
3: One of the things I love to do is an icebreaker with impact. So not just any icebreaker, but we ask some specific questions in order to get you thinking about the topic maybe a little bit more, at least get your mind kind of jiving with, oh, maybe I need to think about things a little bit differently. Generally, the exercise we do for our icebreaker includes your name, pronouns.
0: Leslie. Pronouns. She, her, hers.
3: Then I asked two specific questions. The first question is, how do you take your coffee? And with that question, you get two options, and only two options. Two options are plain or cream and sugar. This is the only thing I will force you to do today, and there are no other options. I don't care if you hate coffee or if you only drink it with cream and not sugar, those are not options. So for today, how do you take your coffee, plain or cream and sugar? And you can't choose both. either. second question I ask if I'm taking you to your favorite coffee shop I'll even buy today keep in mind at least in Des Moines some coffee shops serve alcohol so literally any drink is on the table what would you order at a coffee shop I
0: see and just for the record, I don't drink. I was today horribly awkward.
3: Which is part of the reason why we do this. There are always going to be some individuals who don't drink coffee. And so that really kind of sparks the conversation from there to talk about how we have so many forms, or just in general, binary options of genders. It gives people to think about, huh, by this simple activity, just talking about coffee, they relate so much to things that we experience in real life.
0: My guest for Day 24 is Mila. She participated in Movement 515. The program is offered to students in Des Moines Public Schools. Students and mentors attempt to slow down the world and investigate themselves. They work toward becoming change agents shedding light on the impact human emotion and connection brings to the global community. Movement 515 is an urban arts community where twice a week students and mentors come together to create spoken word poetry. Thank you for joining me, Myla. What suburb of Des Moines do you live in?
1: I actually live in Inking. It's kind of like northeast, kind of towards the edge they right. can get off and relax exit before you go to aim, so it's kind of like on the outskirts. Who do you live with? My mom, my stepdad, my siblings.
0: Finish the sentence. When I step outside the place I live, I see
1: a lot of the same type of structures of buildings, basically, an enclosed area where it's kind of like a small community you can say I see a lot of the neighbors they know each other they speak to each other it's kind of quiet but then again people know each other so they go out there all the time they're just all around each other going to each other's houses and everything but um I don't know I I see a lot of like the same type of faces and honestly when I step outside I just see a place where like I don't normally fit in that or like I've never really been familiar with this type of setting before. What area were you more used to being in? I'm used to being on hard Because I grew up on the south side of Des Moines. When I was growing up like in middle school, I moved to actually Milwaukee and like the Valley area. And I felt out of place over there a little bit too, just it was just very different dynamics and like environments in terms of just like the neighborhood and how everything looks outside. came back from those areas, I came into the east side of Des Moines. I stayed there for more than a year, which was like not very familiar just because we were a family that just were always like moving around. We would never stay in a place um, longer than a year. When I came to the east side, I just got more comfortable there. I don't know what it was. I mean, I guess I saw a lot of people that kind of looked like me, talk like me. And so I just kind of felt more at home. I didn't feel like I had to try to be a certain way or present myself in a certain manner to where it would be more uh, accepting. Where I really, like, came into my own. where I became more aware of my surroundings and, like, learning who I
0: am. What languages do you know?
1: I know English, obviously, and then I speak Hmong, which is an Asian language, and
0: I know a little bit of Spanish. Is Moan what you speak at home? Yes. Do you have a large group of people that you can speak that language with, or is it mostly your immediate family?
1: There is. There's not a lot of us here in the Moines or just Iowa in general. We stem a lot from immigrant families, so who come from Thailand and like China. We're like a subgroup, actually, of like different Asian cultures. I speak with my my mom at home, and then I speak with any family members that I have outside the community. Sometimes, if I go to a store and there's someone like I recognize that they speak it, weekend, then I might like respond back to them in that. There's a good amount of people, but I would say I can speak more with it to a lot more people when I'm outside of Iowa. Like I would say, you know, Minnesota or Wisconsin.
0: How do you get from place to place? I drive.
1: Was DART ever your primary way to get from place to place? Yes, it was. I depended on DART heavily when it was my senior year of high school, just because I was actually living in Ankeny, but then I went to Lincoln I had to take like two different buses to school and at home. It was on a time limit because the DART buses that ran to Ankeny stopped at 6 o'clock. So I had a time limit right after school if I wanted to go to you know any after-school activities that I did to make sure that... I was there early, or I stayed there for as long as I could, and I had to leave and then make it to my bus. If I missed my bus, I had no way to get home. Describe a typical weekday. What's your life look like? Basically, if it's during school time, then right now I'm currently enrolled on my second year in DMAT. Typically, I'd wake up, go to school, and right after school, I might have breaks, and then I'll just Try to get some studying in, or just eat, and so basically I go to work right afterwards, and I'm there till like ten o'clock at night. I basically repeated the same thing throughout the week, but I tried to find time to still get all my creative sessions in, whether that's writing any songs, or writing any poetry, or just writing anything in general. I try to do that as much in between all of the other adulting stuff that I have to do. I also like to read a lot. It's harder for me to just, like, start a book out of nowhere if it's, like, something for, like, an assignment for class. Start on it. Like, write that. And I love listening to music as well. No matter what I was doing, I always had to be listening to music. It's, like, I have a connection with it. It's important to, like, make sure that I always get, like, my little sessions in. I Always have headphones on me. I always have something to write with or, like, my phone, the notepad. If I think of anything, I'm always writing stuff down. During school my life is just pretty much work, no play. You think Des Moines is a place that you're
0: gonna stay? Des Moines
1: is different than any other city that I've ever been to and I don't think it's just because like I grew up here, it's just where we are, essentially, and like this this type of state that we are. I just feel like Des Moines is really unique. I don't know, I feel I really like it here, but sometimes I feel like I could I could do more elsewhere. I've gained all of the resources and like information, knowledge skills, whatever here, but I feel like I would just get better used to it somewhere else and then maybe I could come back and feed in. I think about leaving a lot, but I would definitely come back and settle I would be like far from the future.
0: What's something you do for yourself?
1: I like to take time to myself just to kinda of close off everyone and everything. I think it's really important to like kinda of have these check ins because like you might not always have people that would do that for you. So like I try to be that person to where, you know, if I feel like I haven't sat down and really thought about what's going on in my life or something, then I like to sit back and do that a little bit. I like to think out how I'm going to move on in life. I do that a lot. I always Come up different ways, like, okay, what am I doing? How am I going to do this? What is the goal that I have? Do you vote in elections? I tried. So, when the recent presidential election happened, I wasn't old enough to vote, and I was very upset. My birthday was going to be a month after it, and it was so close. And I did vote in the recent re election for the governor. I'm trying my best to, like, get more onto that scene because it's important to me. Why is it important? Politics, in, in general, is important to me just because I feel like I think that's it's always changing. It's, it's always going to be involved in our lives, even if people think that it's it's some type of, like, outside thing that happens that's not around us. So I feel like politics affect everyday lives. I like to stay informed. I like to know what is happening around me. I like to know what I'm talking about. And just the type of person that I am, I'm very outspoken about the things that I'm passionate about. It's important to me just to be knowledgeable on the different types of people that are coming into our city, and just who's representing us, and who's fighting for us. And when I say us, I guess I have a different, I think of a different group of people when I mention us, but who can be the voice for us? Sometimes I feel like I can be that change, but I'm not there yet, so I try to find who's the best person to go to. These things are important to me just because it affects my everyday life. It affects the people around me. It affects, you know, how I walk on the streets and how I am on the Internet. It's important to just know these things and to understand what's
0: going on in the world
1: around us.
0: Do you follow a religious practice or go to a place of worship? I
1: used to go... in way. I feel like that's just just narrow-minded and you're just never going to see everything else for what it is. What trait do you admire most in the people closest
2: to? you?
1: Ooh. How honest people can be. Just because I really cherish that in my life, honesty for sure. I appreciate how loyal those are that are around me, just because that doesn't come very often in my life and it's hard for me to trust people, so whenever someone shows me or just kind of shows through their character, I really, really appreciate that as well. I love how protective some of the people are around me too. You know, I've grown up always feeling like I was on my own, always begging for myself. And I'm the type of person that's like, I don't want to ask for help. Like, that is the last thing I want to do. Just because I'm like, no, I can do it myself. I got this, I'm independent. I just appreciate how the people around me are so protective and they're always willing to help me back in
0: <laughs> When is the last time you asked for help?
1: I'm going to say it was when I was talking to my mother. She grew up in also a very traditional household and where I come from, where the elders are not very expressive with their feelings. We shame rather than we accept that happened, which is very unfortunate. So, me and my mom, we didn't have the best relationship. We weren't that close. But recently, like I kind of just told myself, you know, I'm 20 years old now. It's about time that I have a good relationship with my mother, just because that is the number one person in my life that I care about and will do anything for. And she's the only one that has been there for me. My father wasn't in my life at all, and I met him for the first time when I was 16. So, she is the number one person that I care about. So... I took it upon myself to go to her and I was dealing and struggling with something very hard in my life and something that had happened to me that I, I just felt like was just laying on my soul and I needed to come to her and talk to her about it and basically just ask for help. Like, you know, what do I do? How do I deal with this situation? I don't know what to do, I'm stuck. I've never come to my mom with a situation like this before. Like I've never asked her for help in this type of way. I always went to my stepfather because He's more open to conversations that can give her a deep. Not saying that my mom isn't, but she doesn't have that capacity to have those type of conversations with me, if that makes sense. I came to her, and I explained the situation, and it turns out that she actually went through the same thing when she was younger. And I had never known that before in my life. First time in 20 years, I learned this really, really deep, deep secret from my mom, and I was like, wow, that's crazy that we both went through the same thing. She opened up to me and I opened up to her. It was something that I needed that I didn't know that I needed.
0: What does success look like for you? Just being at peace,
1: honestly. And just being content with where my life is. Obviously, it would be nice to have a lot of money. But I feel like success is just all about where you are in your life. You know, if if I'm healthy, if, you know, I'm taking care of my business, if I'm doing what I'm passionate about, then to me, that's what being successful is. Being able to do what you want to do, do what you love, and also at the same time helping others. Whenever I think about myself living my life and not having to worry about anything, I don't really think about money being in the picture. It's obviously something that I would appreciate, but I don't need that to be successful.
0: When did you become interested in poetry?
1: Ooh, okay. Honestly, when I first thought about poetry, the first thing that I ever knew, all I knew was just William Shakespeare. And I was like, what is this? I don't understand it. How is that beautiful? It doesn't make any sense. It was my freshman year, and I was taking English, and we had to learn about William Shakespeare, and I was just like, this is ridiculous. And I always heard, you know, poetry, you know, being referred to as something beautiful and something that was just, Way. as I was at East Assembly and there was the club of Movement Final Five that was ran by Kayla O'Connor, she did a poem, and I was like, wow, I want to do something like that, like, how she did it, like, she just did so many different plays of words and everything, and I was just like, the reaction that she received from the crowd, was just amazing, I was like, I love that, that affirmation, that that energy, I love it. I want, I want that, I need that, and I want to say it was like the second semester of my sophomore years, actually, when I actually went, it's just because I was so shy, I wanted to show up already having some type of materials. So I didn't feel like I was just some newbie coming in that just wanted to get in on all of the fun. I was in, in the workshop the entire time saw how they did their poetry how they structured it and I actually learned what spoken word was and how poetry has many different forms at first I was just someone like to use rhyming a lot because that was one of the techniques that we were introduced to and I just rhymed like every other line I learned um that's not really doing anything because you know I learned that our poetry is, or at least spoken word is telling your story and it's telling the truth until telling it it's slammed. that's how just figured how to kind of put everything, all the trauma and pain and anything that I've ever gone through my life and learn how to put it into poetry form.
0: What opportunities became available to you as a student in the movement five one five? Oh my goodness.
1: So many opportunities were interviews. I never thought I would be someone where I could tell my story what I've been through and actually have people listen to me and actually take what I'm saying and letting it resonate with them. When I first came into the movement, we were introduced to so many opportunities, like performing at different places, uh, putting on shows for organizations and charities. We were able to put our names out there. As a student poets, we were able to create a brand for ourselves in a way, you know, and this was something that we were introduced to to see if we wanted to keep continuing doing this, just because eventually this whole organization will be run entirely by the youth. They were all just uh, prepping us to be leaders in our own ways. I kind of learned who I was through that, and what I wanted to do, and what I was capable of doing, and the type of power that I had as a student poet, as a woman poet. How
0: has volunteering your time changed your outlook?
1: The way I grew up was um, very based on like traditions or certain things that we do and don't do in our cultures. There's a certain standard for the women and for the men. I think it's kind of like that in every Asian culture. So I used to think one certain way or like I used to just know that this was like the only way that something was supposed to be done. Before I was introduced to movement, I kind of saw on a one-way track there were certain things around me that would be said that It might not immediately be something that I could, like, respond to and feel like, oh, okay, that's fine. It was more like a, I don't know if that's okay, but I kind of grew up around this maybe-it's-okay type of way of thinking. When I moved into movement and kind of just got involved in different types of activities that they offer, I started to see the world differently. I started to, like, see the people around me differently, family members, everything like that. I started to think in a more open minded way. Before I got to movement I didn't really think about what I was gonna say before I said it and I was the type of person where I would just listen to respond, not listen to understand. Before I got into movement I was just like kind of set on what I wanted to think and say. I might ask you a question what your thoughts might be, but I already have what I'm thinking in my mind as that's what it said. I wasn't really listening to what the other person was saying. Which is not a healthy way of you know being a person that has conversations with people that's thought the way you do it at all. I just learned how to be, just to have more humility, to just think in the other person's shoes, not always try to just see through my own eyes.
0: Urban Leadership is a course available to students in Des Moines Public Schools. What is something from that class that plays a role in your life today?
1: It taught me how to be vulnerable just because I never thought I would cry in front of my classmates, but actually feel okay and accepted and not ashamed. It taught me how important it is to know the facts, to know where everything stems from, because everything has a history and there are layers to history. It taught me how to just to be more informative. What opportunities became available to you as a teaching artist now? I have gotten the chance to be offered different types of positions that have to do with different programs that go out of movement. I got to be a teaching artist slash mentor artist in residence at Lincoln and kind of be co-mentor with one of the teachers there and help oversee the students, help coach them and help educate all about the different techniques and poetry. A different... Opportunity that I was offered with was being able to be an urban arts camp mentor at Central Campus for two weeks. It was like a camp to teach all these incoming freshmen and in like say sixth through eighth graders, just introducing them to movement and what we do, our rituals, and introducing them how to do spoken word poetry, how to creatively really express themselves and learning all these different types of techniques. So it was really, really awesome to be able to do that. What challenges do you face mentoring youth? Oh, so many. Oh, my goodness. I mean, uh, it's hard because you see yourself in them sometimes. And you remember when you were their age. You remember all the stuff that you experienced that kind of helped you become the person that you are today. So you want to let them do that on their own. But sometimes you have to step in and kind of be that guiding force for them. The challenges i face faced is having to become the person for them that I didn't have for myself.
2: What motivates
1: you? I guess I can't put it in one word. What motivates me is to just not live the life that I have. Uh, just because, I mean, not saying that it was completely terrible, but I lived through some things that no child should have gone through, and I feel like it may have helped shape me into the person I am today, but I truly feel like it's it's just too damaging. I think about my past, and I kind of use it as a way to tell myself, you know what, you're never going to go through that again. You're never going to allow someone to make you feel powerless in a situation. You're never going to allow someone to take away your voice, anything. You're never going to let someone try to downplay anything that you've ever amounted to in your life. Think about just, you know, my kids that I will have in the future and just how I don't want them to go through what I went through and how I want to be a better parent than my parents were to them. To just provide something that is more beautiful and peaceful than I have.